Well, it's a pleasure to welcome Devin Ackman back to MSU today. Devin is the director of the MSU Museum over there on West Circle Drive. Devin, welcome back. It's good to see you. So we first talked in the summer of 2021 when you started and you really wanted to get the museum out into the community and make it more than just the wonderful facility it already is. How are things going in these first couple of years? Things are going remarkably well. It's been a whirlwind since 2021. Uh, in just a couple short years, we've started by, if you may recall, we had two units coming together. Uh, Science Gallery Detroit, which we were bringing to campus in the MSU Museum, merging those and re-envisioning a future here on, on campus. And uh, that's what we've been doing over the last couple of years. So slowly blending those together, rethinking our strategic direction, and really kind of solidifying our position here on campus. And we'll get to the strategic plan in yeah. just a minute. Talk a little bit about the challenges, though, that COVID has presented to all museums. Well, COVID has certainly presented a lot of challenges to museums, just like they have to other businesses, but they've presented a lot of opportunities. So like a lot of other museums, a lot of other cultural institutions, we went virtual and managed to reach new audiences. A lot of the challenge has now been bringing those folks into the museum now that we're up and running again. But I would say the largest challenge really today is competing for time and attention, like so many other things. There are so many ways of getting culture now, especially in light of the pandemic, virtually or uh, other types of venues now that are presenting culture. So it just challenges us to be more innovative in how we design our offerings and how we meet people where they are. And so what are some of the ways the strategic plan is helping you do that? And I loved somewhere where yeah. it said, you're shifting from serving as a repository of knowledge to becoming the inspiration for enhanced teaching, learning, and research. Well, you hit something there that's really important. When we came together with these two institutions and began to re-envision our, our new future together, the first thing we thought about is, where's the university going? So we looked to that strategic plan. But we also really turned our, our gaze inwards at our own roots. Most people forget that the MSU Museum was founded just two years after the college in 1855 was created, and it was created to support teaching, learning, and research. So as we did our strategic plan, it was really integral to us to go deep with our faculty and our students and to really think about how do we bring the research and the innovation and the exciting things here on campus coming to life. So that's been really part of our work over the last couple of years is thinking about how do we go deeper with our faculty? How do we go deeper with our students? And where do we meet them at? That doesn't always mean within the confines of the museum. That sometimes means going out to where they are. So what are some of the ways you're doing that then? Well, it's happening in a lot of ways. We've been using open call um, platforms for soliciting ideas to be part of our exhibitions. We do work with faculty about, uh, for example, our science faculty often get National Science Foundation grants, and they have to do what's called broader impacts. How do you synthesize this cutting-edge knowledge and bring it to life? And we happen to be really good at informal learning. So, for example, that's one way um, some of our technology in our museum, Science on a Sphere, um, so we look at all these types of tools and, 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 and things that we have and how we can leverage them to take big ideas and to synthesize those and help with communicating that to a broader public. And I've, I think you've uh, the way you word it is you want to become a vital third space for students. But when we first talk, do you want yeah. people to come in and hang out, enjoy the museum? Well, yes. Yes, we do. I'm, I did mention we want to get out of the museum, and I'm happy to share a little bit more on that. But... You know, we've talked a lot about this as a society over the last 20 or 30 years. What we, what we used to call the third place, the pub, the bowling alley, that place that wasn't work or home, 
has slowly, slowly, more or less disappeared from society. We really want to be that place for where students and even faculty can just come. They can come and study. They don't always have to be active in the gallery or at a program, and they can feel welcome. In many ways, that's what our library does, right? And we just so happen to be situated right across from our library. So that's part of what we've been doing is creating space and thinking about those spaces, how they're more inviting, how they encourage people to drop in, to engage with the content, or just to unwind and relax and blow off a little steam. So I changed the subject before yeah. you wanted to say more about taking the museum out to the community. Well, that's surely been one of the more fun things, I would say, about this museum. We are situated in one of the best pieces of real estates. I mean, across from the library, right by the Red Cedar, right under the Beaumont Tower. But we always have to think about the fact that this is a huge campus and not everybody is going to come to us. So when we're designing a lot of our activities, we're thinking about what is the best location. Sometimes that's within the museum, but sometimes that's also meeting people where they're at. So what does that mean? We've partnered with the Beal across the street and done film screenings right there on their lawn over the course of the fall and sometimes in the summer. We host a lot of activities in the STEM building. We sometimes go over to Snyder Phillips where the ARCA residential college is and even sometimes taking that off campus and into the East Lansing community. So at this time, almost 50% of the programs that we offer are outside of the museum and they're positioned where we can actually meet people in a location that doesn't require them to have to always come to us. And what does this cool new Forest Acres Trust gift, can you tell us about that and yes. what it will help you do? Yeah, so that's part of our, our strategic thinking, uh, especially with faculty and staff, really being bold and thinking about how we re-envision the museum. A lot of our museum spaces haven't been updated in, frankly, decades. And this is truly a new opportunity to start thinking about what the future is, what does it mean to be a 21st century academic museum? How can we really be pioneering in our efforts? And we're starting with our lower level and with the, the generous gift of the Forest Acres Trust, we'll be converting those lower level spaces into two new cutting edge spaces. One will be focused on objects and it will allow faculty and other educators to use the over 1 million objects in our collection and to come in and to teach with those and to think boldly about new ways that these items, objects, specimens, other aspects of our collections can enrich teaching. On the other side, we have the ability to work with our students and faculty to also create exhibitions. It doesn't always have to be the experts at the museum, the curators. And we've been doing that with classes. In fact, just this past year, we worked with a student class, a class of about 10 students, um, to create an exhibition celebrating the 100-year anniversary of WKAR and its rich legacy. That was entirely done by students, but it's a very professional exhibition. They're getting experiential learning. They're getting the chance to actually apply knowledge in a space. And that's really rare these days. So with those lower levels, this is going to enable us to go so much deeper in that regard. That's cool. And Devin, you've been talking about it throughout the conversation, but how is the strategic plan impacting like the vision and the mission? It's really catalyzing our work in a way that I really couldn't have imagined when we launched this. I mean, it was a time of uncertainty in 2021. But just last year, just to give you a couple of examples, I mentioned we have a million objects and specimens in our collection, right? Our scientific collection is one aspect of that. We had 112 scholarly articles, almost all of them peer-reviewed based on just that aspect of the collection. So think of all that new knowledge. We had about 6,000 undergraduate students use our exhibitions and collections and coursework. And then about another 4,000 come through programming and, and all the other ways you just come in. 
that's almost one in four undergraduate students at MSU. So it's the approach and how we're designing value-added kind of material for our audiences is really enabling them to come and to feel like there's something for them in the space. And we're seeing those dividends, as I mentioned, getting paid by attendance and usage. And talk some more about the strategic priorities coming out of the plan. Yeah, well, certainly uh, one of the things at a very high level, what we really are trying to do with this institution is think about what is the next generation of an academic museum? And how do we look at what that museum could be without having the traditional silos. So for example, this museum used to be the Museum of Science and Culture. We're much more interested now in an interdisciplinary museum, something that's looking at all these disciplines colliding. A lot of our exhibitions are doing that, right? We've been doing stuff on surveillance. We've been doing things on the climate crisis, things on food security and sustainability. That brings artists and humanities together with science, technology, and others to really think about these bold issues that we're facing as a society. And that's one way. It's allowing all different types of people to come to the idea, to learn, to contribute, and to maybe take something back with them. And what about the shared values? Yeah, well, our shared values are really about how we do our work. Um, it's about accessibility. It's about co-creation. It's about creating a welcoming environment. So at the end of the day, our values are what enable us to achieve our mission and that is truly working with the MSU community at the nexus of the sciences, arts, humanities, and technologies. I love the idea of the creative collaboratory for campus. <laughs> yeah, well, we want to be able to create. You know, We want to be that thing that catalyzes new knowledge. And when we were thinking about that terminology, it made a lot of sense for the people who come from more traditional creative disciplines. But when we were working with our science students and science faculty, they, they, they said to us, you know, the scientific process is very creative, so that's catalyzing creativity too. We can see we can see ourselves in that bold vision. So what that means is we're not passive, we're active in working with our audiences and creating and making it fun, making a little sense of uh, a serendipity, surprise, maybe even a little a little bold. And we want all of that. We want to be alive. We want to be a place where people can really connect with the content. And Devin, I'm sure you're very happy to see the university formalize its arts initiative. Just your thoughts on that and how the MSU Museum plays in. Well, the arts initiative at a high level is just immensely inspiring to think MSU is being so bold in thinking about how the arts enrich student knowledge, student life on campus and beyond. Uh, our dean of engineering made a, an interesting comment recently just talking about how many students they graduate every year and how it would be such a shame to not have the enrichment of the arts, to send these students off into the world with a more broad understanding of the world and an appreciation for things. So as a museum of one of the museums on campus and a, a key um, anchor within that art strategy, um, we're, we're seeing that as a new way of collaborating and it, and it also imparts the value of the university seeing this as integral to learning and teaching. So we're just really elated, and I think there's going to be some really exciting things to come over the next few years because of this. I'm curious, Devin, because you're so passionate when you talk. Where does You've been working in the arts and museums your whole career. Where does that passion come from? You know, I was an undergrad here. Uh, we talked about this yep. before, and my very first museum experience was working at the MSU Museum. So in a lot of ways, when I think about these things we're discussing, how do you create a museum that engages students and faculty and gives them hands-on opportunities to learn? That's that's something that I was provided, and it's clearly given me a professional opportunity here. And I'm just one person. But 
that's where for in a lot of ways I see the kind of the germination started for me and when I see kind of the breadth of what's happening on campus and again that value of how do we integrate this to me that just really feeds this energy and um, we want to pay that forward our staff we're very privileged to have this opportunity to be on a research one university campus and having academic museums so that that kind of is the, the fire in the belly for us. Devin, what about some upcoming projects at the museum? So we have a number of really exciting projects coming up. We happen to have a curator on our staff, Julian Chambliss, who's a renowned scholar and expert in Afrofuturism. And we're working together right now on a new exhibition that looks at the origins of Detroit Techno, its global imprint, and its influence by Afrofuturistic um, thinking. And that's an exhibition we hope to open within the next year here on campus. And then we want to travel that down to Detroit to integrate that in the community there. So that's one we're working hard on right now. We're working with our Gel Lab, the Games for Entertainment and Learning here on MSU's campus, one of the best gaming programs in the, in the country we have at MSU, to create a new exhibition that looks at game development. And not just games for entertainment, but games for learning, games for health and wellness. Most people don't realize the gaming industry today is bigger than music and movies combined. It's massive. So we want people to understand the creative process in that and to really appreciate all that goes into that. We're also partnering with the Facility for Rare Isotope Beams here to bring together a new artist-in-residency program on which we will partner with them uh, to host a new exhibition after that Artists has had months to engage with the faculty and researchers at the EFRIB. So those are just a sampling of the wonderful activities we have, but there's so much more. It's not your father's MSU museum, I guess we could say, right? No, it's not. Not that there was anything wrong with that. But, but Devin, great to see you again. Thanks for this update on all things going on at the MSU Museum. It's been great talking with you. Thank you. That's Devin Ackman, the director of the MSU Museum. Much more online at Museum. Dot msu.edu and check out the arts initiative too at arts.msu.edu and I'm Russ White this is MSU today